sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast, MLB Lockout Edition. Uh, I am Steve. With me, as always, is Chris and Fabs. Um, as of this recording, we have still no update on the lockout we're oh, hold recording on. this right breaking before. news no you're right throw no, away the, break, the yeah. key lockout lockout <laughs> lockout <laughs> uh we yeah nothing i guess uh after the new year the owners <clears throat> and the players association are gonna like i don't know get in room and talk um maybe and then you know nothing will happen from that for another month I will say this. The thing that's the most infuriating thing about the lockout that continues to piss me off is that this means that we still have not seen a Guardians player in a goddamn jersey. There has still been no photo evidence of a player wearing the new jersey and a hat. Just wait, my friend. Just wait. Just wait. Like, First literally. Of all, hey, time out. Time out. Let's, let's back up a step. We haven't seen players, but our beloved Guardians really missed the beat. And I know this has been covered, and I think we touched on it. But the team, I don't know if it's a supply chain issue or what, but we're recording this episode a few days after Christmas. The team didn't even have on-field apparel. (laughs) Like, I couldn't even go into the team store and buy myself a hat for Christmas. I got so excited when I saw the wall of hats at the team store. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's go. I can't wait to see what the on-field looks like. And then I like was zooming in on the pictures on my phone, and I was just like, It's like snapbacks. And- wait. Yeah, it's I, yep. I don't. So we've yet to see what even they would look like on the field, and like we won't know until. I mean, we did get those I mean, after lockout, obviously. But I agree. I want to see because I mean, even the Royals got like their little fun preview of what they were gonna because they're tweaking their jerseys yeah this year and they got they got ahead of it. It's just like mind boggling to me that the Guardians wouldn't have at any point before the lockout been like, hey, like Jose or Shane, like get your ass in this jersey so we can at least yeah. like get people excited. And instead, There's- it was just like. Oh, we don't fucking have anything. Sorry. Yeah. There are certain things this team is really good at. Evaluating talent, developing pitching, trades, marketing, not so much. Marketing. uh, God. Uh, Maybe trade for marketing. Season ticket holders. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Giving season season ticket holders incentives uh, beyond just giving the team lots of money. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing that you, it seemed like they rushed the reveal so that they'd have stuff in time for the holidays. It seems like, oh, there's an obvious money grab to be had. Um, Like, I don't even understand why you would even rush it then (laughs) to, like, the beginning of next year where you can have a bigger announcement, make sure you maybe do some more focus groups with the the names or get the roller derby thing squared away before the announcement. That was embarrassing. Like, Like, what are you guys doing? Like you're a one point four billion dollar valued franchise. Like you're 
I, I respect the on-field stuff for the most part, but, like, this stuff is, like, this is the shit that, like, makes it, makes people think that we're, like, the major league team, like, from the movies. Like, we're bumbling idiots. When, in fact, we're winning most of our trades and developing, like, one of the best pitching rotations in the league, but we look stupid with this stuff. We can't even say the Jake Taylor line right now. Right, yeah, we don't we have can't uniforms. even use it. We don't even have hats and uniforms. <laughs> Jake Taylor is rolling in his proverbial grave right now. We're going to have to change the uh, opening bump of the show. We wear caps and sleeves. We wear nothing in this. We don't wear a goddamn thing at this level, son. I I mean, the most we've gotten to this point are like the photoshops from players like Fran Mill Reyes's uh, profile yeah. picture where he had to photoshop his own jersey well, the team the team did release the photoshops of the mock-ups which yeah but those look like shit i i, I don't well, want to see i think that. the jerseys and the hats are going to be placeholders for two to three years no no before. no it's not that it's it's not that i think those look like shit like what they'll look like in person it's just that like the photoshops were very clearly Oh, mock-ups yeah. where it's like can i please have a fucking picture of my baseball team wearing the jerseys they're supposed to be in so i can get excited during this lockout you dumb fucks meanwhile so, we what? have to wait meanwhile we have to depend on like homage uh to provide us with our guardians merch which That's is good it's of, good which stuff. Is, yeah, i love homage don't get me wrong most of my but, like cleveland merch is from them my brown starters jacket is from homage. Like I, I love all. I'm wearing a Nickelodeon homage shirt. Yesterday, which I wore is amazing. A Donatello homage which is shirt. amazing. It's, love it. It's their stuff's the best. They're not a sponsor at, of us. I wish they were. At, even if it was I'm, just merchandise. As I'm wearing the the roller derby logo T-shirt. Oh, that looks sick. Like that looks really good. And I, I hope <laughs> I hope enough fans just tongue in cheek wear the roller derby gear to the games. I would I would so badly want to wear a hat right now a, a fitted hat dude i would love that oh my I god i would yes. i would die to wear an on-field hat right now especially if it's got like if they find if i find out that like the road cap or something i mean god forbid the home cap if i find out like the road cap or something has like the flying g i will be all over that i would not be surprised they did the, they started those locker room caps I would not be surprised if either the locker room cap or the batting practice hat is the flying G. The spring training hat definitely will be the flying G. Yeah. Yeah. They always use the crazy. I'm hoping maybe they get a little flying G either on the back or on the side for, for the, uh, maybe for the away cap. Like that'd be kind of fun. Oh, no. I don't know if any teams do anything like that. Um, The only team that I remember doing anything kind of, well, on the back, you always had the Major League Baseball logo, but and the Blue got... Jays, the Blue Jays did have on their like Canada Day jer- uh, jerseys and hats. I believe the Blue Jay logo above the Major League Baseball logo, so it was a big f- can like a uh, maple leaf on the front. Yeah, and then on the back was the Major League Baseball logo, and right above that. I believe was like the Blue Jay logo. Outside of that, I'm because on the postseason, the postseason field hats have it on the side. They have like the postseason logo, and you can buy them. I I bought. They didn't even do that last year. Run. 
They didn't even do, do the postseason pa- for some reason. That was yeah. Uh, I don't know but why. Those, but but those I love the patches, side patches. Yeah. I love the side patches on that. I, that's where I would love to see it for an on-field hat. That would be cool. That would be interesting. I know they'll. I mean, from all the Photoshop, well, it seems like they'll do one on the sleeve. Yeah, I think we'll finally see a logo on the sleeve again. That'd be nice. Fabs. I wouldn't be surprised, and I know I've said this on the helmet, but I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, the side of the hats become a placement for a uh, sponsor. Ooh, oh, so yeah. Get get all geared up for progressive on the side of your hat. A McDonald's logo would be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, Golden Arches, baby. A Trojan condom logo would be pretty cool. <laughs> Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, Porna, Brazers. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Crypto.com. Yeah, yeah exactly. Crypto.com. Christ. Yeah, that'd be... Dude, Steve, can you imagine? Because I know you you love some of those like 70s Gaudi's jersey, like Gaudi jerseys, the Astros mm. 70s one. Can you imagine a Guardians with the flying logo that is just like across the stomach with like... Oh, dude, just it, like the, the faux uh, retro, like what the Rays no. did? Yes. No, 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 not yes. even oh. that. No, remember the yes. Turner Clock, the head jerseys? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. I remember those. Yes. Where it's like the humongous logo yes. on the jersey. Just I want me, that. If you give gave me, me a sleeveless, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> you gave me a sleeveless, oversized Flying G logo across the front. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would wear that thing to every barbecue and get blackout drunk. For <laughs> <laughs> that thing would get me through some wild parties. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Or if, like, the uh, Guardians went with, like, the 70s red with the same script that they used in the yes. 70s for the Indians with it says Guardians across oh. and then the flying G on the hat. Oh, my like, God. That's a great combo idea. I love yeah, that. I think that'd be I think that'd be super cool. I was obsessed they, when the, uh, the Cavs players – kept wearing like in that 2016 run they kept wearing yeah. those retro jerseys like Tristan Thompson LeBron and yep. that uh, the box near the field I I was all in on those jerseys oh yeah yeah right I yeah got he my, was wearing I, like the white one or something yeah I bought my son who is not even a year and a half old that uh that 70c hat Ooh, nice. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yes, they're not right. You know, guess they're totally. Not right. Absolutely. So. So, yeah. So we're sitting here, uh, you know, pining <clears throat> lamenting for anything, <laughs> pining for something, which we're not going to get until this lockout's over. So I guess we'll find out in March. Well, what the hell this team will look like. Time out. That's a good segue. We did get something. Well, that's what I, that's uh, very astute of you, Christopher. I was going to uh, segue into I think what you're suggesting is that we do get we do get some interesting news, which actually yeah. isn't really official. They're just kind of talking no. to this guy. It, um, it, there's a good chance that the Guardians will have a new minority owner soon. Um, yeah. David Blitzer, a name I'm sure nobody really knows, uh, yeah. is was uh, in talks. To become the next, to Wolf, by the way, have we confirmed that? Oh, we have not confirmed that. I doubt it. Okay, but uh, you know, we got time. We There's can find out. Going yeah, on. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I'm sorry. But Continue. A long lost cousin, maybe. 
Um, David Blitzer, who is the he's a part owner or owns stakes in most notably like the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, which got everybody really riled up as if like he's the one building the Sixers roster, which I thought was really funny. People were like getting really pissed about it because they're like, oh, look at the fucking Sixers. It's like, I don't think he's making any choices about that roster, but okay. Um, so he is, it, it's the same deal that like John Sherman had before he ran off to the Royals to buy his, his Royals team. So basically like the biggest issue with Sherman was that, and this is still the case is that there's a path to majority ownership for Blitzer. Should he become, you know, should he become the minority owner now? The timeline is something like five to six years to a majority stake at 35% to start. And, but that's like up to the Dolan's discretion. So like mm-hmm. Sherman left because he was like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go own a team now. And I think what well, the problem is they, they don't, there's like, sure. Yeah. There's a path here, but like, it's not entirely clear. The other thing with Sherman is he's from Kansas City. So he was well, buying his hometown, his hometown team. team. Totally. Totally. But the, whoever becomes a minority owner, if it's Blitzer, Blitzer's the name that's like was reported as like they're in deep in talks with this guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he yeah, he's gonna have to, I don't know, kind of have something of like a nebulous. It's not like this probably concrete plan. It's like, yeah, whenever we feel like it. Because I think the Dolans would still be minority owners. Um, I don't know. That's 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 a really good question. I haven't heard anything. I thought I heard that they might be in that in that scenario. I, I heard I like that there was speculation that they would probably keep some level of ownership. Now, what does that look like? Is that five to ten percent? Or is I could it, see it being. Is it that's a well, smart? That's that's what I would you do. Know, you want you want to hold on to some of it because you're going to get your big cash out by selling. You know, it's just for easy math's sake. Say it's a billion dollars, sure, and you're going to sell and end up selling eighty five percent of it. So that leaves you about one hundred fifty million, which is less than you paid for it, and you still own a percentage of it. Or that sorry. That that means yeah, uh, you, you get eight hundred fifty million, yeah, minus which is the like a huge profit. They, and then eventually you sell it, for, yeah, and then you sell it. Say you sell it, then fifteen years later for two billion, then you double that, so it's three hundred million. So essentially, you like it, it's a crazy amount. And and this remains the family business. I mean, right? You know, yeah. I, I mean, clearly cashing out for nearly a billy is going to be enough for the. 10 generations but like this is like because their everybody livelihood. does need to remember that this is not charles dolan who owns Cablevision and the knicks no that is larry's brother and larry and 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 charles do not have a joint bank account which some fans want to believe that they do yeah i it was funny to me it was Silly that I saw plenty of people just being like, oh, F this guy. You know, I hope he spends money. It's like, well, okay. He's a minority owner of these teams with like, and he's got stakes in like European soccer and other places. He's not the richest guy by any means, but like he surely can sell these stakes 
Right. And here's the other thing that I, I forget who I saw brought it up on Twitter, but he tried the Blitzer guy and his business partner, uh, Josh Harris, which I'm pretty sure was like a quarterback in the Mac for Bowling Green. It sounds like a quarterback oh. that played in like <laughs> yeah. Yes, old school. Within it's like the last shit. like decade. Yeah. Um, but all joking aside, he's got a business partner who is worth five billion dollars. And the two of them tried to buy the Mets mm-hmm. back in twenty twenty. Yep. So the speculation on Twitter was well, does Blitzer is Blitzer kind of the guy who gets his foot in the door and then when the Dolans are ready to unload the remaining you know portion of you know whatever percentage does this business partner then kind of jump in too right and that's where my mind began to wander and I'm like oh now you have this guy who's this Harris guy's you know five billion dollar net worth plus this other guy like okay, now we're starting to play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I could see that happening. Sure. I, well, and I think you know, long term, it's like okay, that's an interesting proposition. It's like you don't just try to make a bid for the Mets thinking you're not going to spend money. So clearly, he has connections to people who could be involved. You know, and I think if he were to become majority owner, no matter what, he wouldn't be the sole owner. I would have to imagine, based on his experience in like owning sports teams. Yeah, so, it does not look like he would be. And, and in the in the short term, really, who gives a crap who the minority owner is? Because really, all this means is that the team now has more funds to play with in terms of retaining and signing talent. Well, so, like, that's really what it comes down to. Is like, who cares? The guy's got pockets deep wanted. enough to like, yeah, to like increase payroll. So Sherman came on after the 2016 run. So they had all that money from the World Series. But what? what um, sorry, real quick. Uh, how much does a team? Because I don't remember. So like going that World Series run, like how much yeah. extra revenue did that give the Indians? Oh, that's a good question. But I would venture to say. And this is just a, you know, uh, shot in the dark, really. 10 to 20 million, maybe. Okay, that's, I, I feel like I maybe, I mean, pretty high, yeah. It, it's, it's enough to make, you know, you, you can make a couple signings, right? You know, and we, and then we, what did we do? We went out and got in curse, uh, Edwin and Carcione. Yeah. That next Still when Sherman, the largest free agent yeah. signing in team history. Three years, $60 million. <laughs> For like $60 million. Oh, my God. Um, I'm sorry. You which, were saying Sherman came on after that, though. And Sherman came on. And then our payroll, I forget what it was in 16, but it jumped up to like, I want to say 135. I think that's right. Yeah. And I've always like, I think that was probably the highest it'll be in a while. To me, there's no reason why we can't play in the 110 to 120 range. Yeah, that's where I want to be. I think that's a the a, the ballpark where, with our player development and our 
our front office, like they're not going to be making insanely stupid signings. But I think that gives you the flexibility to bring on, you know, one or two key pieces and make extensions for guys yeah. like a Jose Ramirez or Shane Bieber that are proving themselves or just early extensions for like a Fran Mel Reyes uh, yeah. to keep, you know, faces the franchise, have them, you know, through their prime years and still have some flexibility to, you know, go for an outfielder, go for a catcher, a reliever, like whatever. Yeah, and we don't have to shop at, you know, the bargain, bargain discount bin. bin. Yeah, yeah, we're at Target now, baby. We're shopping at Target for our back to school. And, and we might, we're not okay. getting everything, but, like, we're getting no. a nice item we're here or there. You know? Yeah, we're getting a couple outfits. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think I, I think during their during like the heyday of the like 2016 to 18 run, I believe they got into like the top 12 of payrolls. Yeah. I think like I, at I its think peak. When we, I think when we peaked at one, I know we peaked at 135. I don't remember I what think it was in that the, was. I want to say top it was 17 or 18. Yeah. We were top, top. So I, I think 12 sounds and, about right. You know, that's, that's not, that would be on the. I think we talked about this a ways back, but like that would be on the lower end of a team that had won the World Series, obviously, because it's usually within like the top five to ten. But like it wouldn't be out of, it wouldn't be insane. Like most teams are making the playoffs with that type of payroll. Yes. So, and you know if they were to expand the playoff field, which we keep talking about, um, that bodes even better. You I mean, know, for how the Guardians operate. So we were we were at um, one thirty six in twenty nineteen, one fifty seven okay. in twenty eighteen, one forty four in twenty seventeen, one eighteen in twenty sixteen. So one fifty seven. Yeah, the lowest we had gotten prior to you know this past year was two thousand four. We were fifty five. Two thousand five. We were fifty eight. Then we went back up for that. Uh, 2007 2008 year and then we dropped back down in 2011 to 69 million and then we went up year over year there we made some real so, great signings we and michael like, born and essentially Swisher. 60 mil last year yeah yeah just just a hair under imagine just just close your eyes if you will for a moment and imagine doubling that salary oh my god to 120 million the number of Jimenez's we could purchase is just amazing. We could buy twenty. <laughs> and we Everywhere could for Connor Pilkington or yeah Pilkington, right? That's what we got. That's I can't even. I don't even know what we do with that money, man. Because you I, you say like extensions, but that's not going to impact the payroll next year. <laughs> so so I started doing this since there's no news. Everybody's just speculating, you know, all, all baseball Twitter is just speculation right now. And I, they, um, major league, uh, or MLB, uh, transactions or trade rumors. I'm sorry. Uh, do you want to, you want to fold this into our new year or new year's resolutions? Did I, am I stepping on someone's? No, No. let's do it, baby. Okay. We We can kind of move into that. So yeah, and I'll fold, yeah I can fold this into my my resolution perfectly. Um, so MLB trade rumors put out an article about Corbin Burns and a contract extension for him. Yeah, I saw now, that. There's a few teams that I look around the league, and I'm like, there is 
no reason why we cannot be on that level. And the Brewers are constantly a team that I look at, both because of the market size, you know, just the history of the team, um, the the area of which the city is in. There's just a lot of similarities. And their salary was just a shade over $100 million. I'd argue Cleveland, we could be $10 million over that. You know, Cleveland's a bigger market than Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee does probably seep a little into the Chicago market, but that's splitting hairs. And I was looking at Corbin Burns compared to uh, Shane Bieber. And I was like, okay, these seem to be comparable points in their career. And they were throwing out numbers of like five years, 60 mil for Corbin Burns. And I go, okay, well, I think, I think Bieber's a little bit more proven a hair. And I started, they put out another article today and it was the, the case against five-year deals, the pitchers and some of the deals. And now just to my, just to remind folks, a five-year deal for uh Bieber would buy out his three years of arbitration. And then his two years, the first two years of free agency, just as a point of right. reference. I thought, okay, five years, 70 mil. That's 16 on average, 16 a year. He's probably going to get four this year in arbitration. Probably see a bump up to eight next year, eight, nine Mm -hmm. range, and then probably 17 in that third year. Mm -hmm. So if you just flat out gave him 16 a year. It's not that much more. It's really not that much more. He's taking a little bit of a discount to hang around. He's still relatively young by the time that he was agent. hurt, though. It's not like and he was hurt, it, you know, so it's not some guarantees. Yes. Might think about that. Yeah. So Maybe. playing with those numbers, I think a uh, uh, yearly average is somewhere in that 16 to 18 range is the perfect number over five years for Beaver. And my New Year's resolution for the Guardians is kind of like we alluded to the the team has some some glaring uh deficiencies with fans and we've gone over those but give the fans a freaking face give them two faces of the franchise moving forward you got a brand new name you just renewed the lease to the stadium let's go and lock up two at least two of the three between Ramirez, Bieber, and Reyes. I love so would be your would you be your two would be clearly Ramirez and Bieber? Pretty much. I, I think those are the two clear cut, you know, you go and you you give that five year seventy million dollar deal to both. You know. Oh my god! If we, if we get both of them for each, take that deal. Also, uh, for the first like minute and a half, when you're talking about Cor- Corbin Burns, 
I thought you were making a Roger Dorn joke and said Corbin Burnson. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, he's talking about somebody. Okay. Let me no, no, this. no. Okay. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Though I would also do a Roger Doran jersey giveaway because that would be just dope. But yeah, they don't. I feel like they don't lean into the major league thing that much now. Like that's, they did that like the, one year. Yeah, the like bobblehead one, one year was it was like the twentieth anniversary of the movie. Yeah, and man. Then, I'd have something every season. It's like you know, it's a beloved baseball movie about your franchise that kind of sequel. How about the fact that, and this plays into the point of a face of the franchise. How about the point that. You go to a, a a Indians now Guardians game. How many Rick Vaughn Wild oh, yeah. Thing jerseys, t-shirts do you Jake see? Jake Taylor jerseys. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I, I I venture to say that's maybe probably second or third most popular jersey I think I've seen. Dude, when I went to the Angels game, uh. It was Shohei Otani. He had his second home run ever a few years ago. It was, uh, I think it was the year after the World Series. Kluber was pitching. Um, saw 15, maybe 20 wild thing, like Rick Vaughn jerseys. Yeah. It was more so than any it's player crazy. on the team. We don't have a face of the franchise that fans yeah. can latch on to and buy a jersey saying, this is my guy. He's been here for three, four years. I know he's going to be here for the next four or five. Yep. I'm going to invest a hundred dollars into a Jersey of his or 35 and buy the Jersey t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, there is I, no any one fans that, like me who spent 80 bucks on a Lindor Jersey and he was gone a season later. I don't know why I bought the Lindor Jersey. It's terrible. I feel bad. I feel bad for you for doing that. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, I mean Ramirez is the closest thing, but it would be nice to it just, and it, but and the thing is like it's not we keep talking about it. It's like it makes a ton of sense for like both sides to do it. Um Ramirez already seems to like playing here and he took a team friendly deal. They could like do right by him. Like I understand he could go and get like a bajillion dollars somewhere else, but like I think you he know, sticks around for sixteen to seventeen, man. I don't think I he's chasing like could... every last dollar. If if they finalize this minority owner and they aren't able to extend Ramirez, assuming he doesn't sign for like, and he won't, but assuming he doesn't sign for like four hundred million dollars, where it's like, oh, we never had a shot. Well, the, the if thing he signs for anything, got... I'll be like, I I don't even know how I can follow this team. The like thing if they that, lose Ramirez. that we have going with us with Jose is he is in the prime of his career right now. You know, we would be buying those age, what, like 30, 30 like to 35. Yeah, 33. Basically. And if he leaves at that point, like, so be it, you know, at 35, let's say he yeah, goes on and has two, three him, more good years. Totally. If we can extend I, I can him still like, wear, I'll yeah. still wear a Jose jersey after he leaves if we okay. re-sign him for five more years. Because... That guy at that point, that guy will have played here for you know 13, 14, 15 years. Part of the World Series run, hopefully yeah. some more playoff memories, you know, in the next few seasons. Like, yeah, that's a that's one where, you know, the departure wasn't hopefully won't be like miserable where it's like or I mean, I would love for us to have a lifer. I know it's so hard in sports now. 
It is. Like, it is. It'd be amazing if if he he was one of the guys who was just like, I'm gonna play through till I'm 38, and those last five years will be at a big discount, um, and like I'll retire with the Indians or Guardians. That'd be incredible. That'd be awesome. Like yes. uh, Alex Gordon in the Royals. Yes. When he like, he, he miraculously made it all the way. He played for 13 years with the Royals. Yeah. And he, I don't think he ever got paid much more than like 18 a season. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. But you know, dude had a pretty good career. He had a so. damn good career. Yeah. That's a good that, he's, I mean, probably, a good he's probably a Royal, at least Royals hall of fame. Oh, totally. If there is such a thing. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm sure they have they one. Have their own Hall of Fame. That's a good resolution. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I, uh, I What's would also yours, pick uh, I would. I would pick the same two guys also. Um, all right. So my resolution, make an actual offseason either signing or trade of a impactful free agent. Specifically, like if I could choose the position, it'd be outfield. Um, we, we've talked about it the last like five episodes. We have so many like redundant middle infield people. Like we, yeah. we're going to have, like, we just don't have the space for these guys and all signs are pointing that some of them are going to be used in, in trades once, once things are up and running. Um, but, and like, I'm not worried that nothing's happened. Well, obviously nothing can happen right now, but I'm not worried nothing happened before the lockout, uh, because, the you know the the deal they reach is going to be impactful for the the guardians like if they remove a year of arbitration that's super impactful for the guardians with how mm-hmm. they do things and you know they're going to have to buy up years and you know those free those uh those um prospects become just a, a, a tint less valuable because of the the amount of mm-hmm. control you have over them um and so and i think the expansion of the playoffs that's also if if they suddenly add, you know, two more playoff spots, I think oh, the yeah. Guardians already have aspirations with that rotation they have, uh, knowing that if those guys were healthy, they would have been in the hunt for the wild card. But if they expand the playoffs, they the expectation will be playoffs uh, for next season. So I think that will kind of motivate them as well. So that's my resolution. I just implore, especially if we get this, you know, minority owner up and running, I just implore us to do something. I'm not saying I'm be, I'm a realist. I know we're not going to jump our payroll up to $90 million in a single off season. Um, but I implore us to make a, a, a significant upgrade of sorts. Um, and you know, a, an extension of one of our guys, like a, a Jose Ramirez is the main one for me. Sure. Fabs. Let me ask you this. Hmm? Cause I'm right there with you too. That, that was probably my one B resolution for them. Who would be, in no particular order, and I think trade is more likely than free agent yeah. signing, um, and truth be told, what's out there in the free agent market, um, there's talent, don't get me wrong, but I think... Nothing I love, more, that. Yeah, yeah, nothing that is like, oh my god, yes, like, sign me up for a half-season ticket plan. Yeah. Um, who would be your top three trade targets i mean reynolds is my number one if we get reynolds i'm buying a reynolds jersey i as you should like i i'm losing my mind 
They'll uh, probably. I don't want you anywhere near these jerseys if they're gonna just trade them. Right. Oh my the next god. Year. You're right. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want your, well, your he, stink all Fabs over these. Was players. telling us. Fabs was telling us he does have a Nick Chubb jersey, and that's true. That seems yeah. like a pretty good. I'm that's like true. hyper superstitious about my jerseys and drafting <laughs> fantasy guys from from the Browns. Like oh, I just me feel too. Like I, yeah. curse him. I I have like Nick Chubb fall on my lap like two years in a row, and I just purposely don't draft him because I just don't, <laughs> I, I I don't want to hurt him. I love him so much. He's my favorite. Yeah, he might be like top three favorite Cleveland Brown ever. Like I love mm-hmm. Nick Chubb yeah. so much. Oh, um, he's yeah. certainly in that conversation for the new since '99. Oh yeah, no, like, it's, I mean, it's like Phil Dawson. I mean, since '99, Joe, Joe Thomas, Joe Thomas, Thomas Chubb, and Phil. Phil that's about Dawson the saddest. That, I, I, that's about the saddest goddamn. Joe Latonio, the, the three your three favorite players, two of which are the kicker and the left tackle. The left tackle. Uh, <laughs> hold on, here, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get more. I'm gonna get more deprived. Joe Latonio. Oh. Uh, Josh Cribbs. Oh, um, I do love Josh Cribbs. He was electric. Uh, Tim Couch, because I think <laughs> he got the raw end of the deal early. Uh, Kellen Winslow Jr., but only for his off-field antics. Kellen Winslow uh, <laughs> did hype up a young Chris. Um, this is I have, I have a Braylon Edwards allegations. Jersey, so that oh, I, no. I have no room to talk. I have no hey, room I have, to talk. I took my Braylon jersey and I made it into a Brian Sipe jersey. That's so. smart. I got a Jim Brown jersey for Christmas, so I'm good. Nice. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that, Chris. So I, I'm, I, uh, I'm, you know what? So Sam I, got me a Peyton Hillis jersey for Christmas one oh, year. Oh, that's <laughs> talk about Yikes. talk about shooting your shot too early. Yeah, Madden um, uh, cover boy Peyton Hillis. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, honestly, the next Browns jersey I buy, I I've decided I'm gonna. Put it out there on the podcast and, and, and for the whole world to find out. It's gonna be a Bernie Kozar jersey. Okay. So Fair do enough. with that information uh, as that's you not want. I thought that was gonna be something like <laughs> oh. sl- like something salacious or something. Way you were hyping it oh. up. I'm like, oh yeah, oh. it makes perfect sense. And, and, of course and, and then I'm gonna follow Bernie it up Kozar. with an Omar Vaskell jersey. Oh, oh that God. is salacious. That is, yes. Hey man, hey man, he just came out. I, I I saw that he lost. He's negative twenty six on Hall of Fame votes this year. Yeah. By the way, he is yeah. not going to make it. So he might get kicked off the ballot. Yeah. He uh, he's he's in some trouble. Uh, you know. Hey, man. He tweeted out his uh, divorce. Uh, you know, was completely the fine. The litigation course, that he won against his wife. Yeah, let's, and of course said that she lied about the, everything. Yeah, let's. Not I, it was touch super the funny. Other part though. Well, wait. He was like. Is this what you're referring to where he was like, oh, this is all, you know, she made it all up and it's all resolved. Justice wins. But also I'm, I'm a part of this other lawsuit and I can't talk about that either. Yeah. That other yeah, that lawsuit was... <laughs> is far more damning. Yes. I'm sorry. But also but it like, doesn't speak very well to your character that you're like, I won no, this one. But in the I can't talk about the other lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, no, it speaks very poorly to your character that you're in the middle of two lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. Just like a what bit a of advice of for people out there. Uh, most most people don't go through lawsuits in their life. Yeah, let alone like simultaneous ones. Like yeah. I know stuff happens, and like I I can see like one lawsuit, but if you have like three or four lawsuits happening all at once, you've probably done at least one very sketchy thing 
that like you shouldn't be Dude. bragging about like anything. Yeah, not like the one was like domestic violence against his wife, which is horrible. And then the second one, like you were referencing, Chris, is like taking it up a notch by like sexually abusing an autistic bat boy, like yes. or clubhouse assistants. Like, what a piece of garbage Omar Vizquel yeah. turned out to be. What a piece I'm of shit. I'm not gonna and, lie. I got. My I mean, he was wife. never my favorite. No, he I'll was never my favorite. I always thought there was something weird about him because. I was like, he's too, he's too much of a pretty boy. He was too much he was of like, a pretty boy for me. And I was like, nah, sorry, not my style. Give me, give me Sandy Alomar, who we were talking about before we started this recording seven days a week. He was my guy. Um, but I think homage did like some t-shirts a couple of years ago and it was down to Jim Tomey and Omar Vizquel for the Indians. And uh, for my wife's birthday, I was like, you know, she's, she doesn't have much Indians gear. And I was like, who should I get? And I was like, well, I was never a big Omar fan, but I do like Jim Tomey a lot. And the man's a Hall of Famer. Went with the Jim Tomey. And then, you know, Good this choice. year, everything comes out against Omar. And I'm like, bullet dodged. Yeah. Like, Dude, yeah. like Jim she can wear like that my t-shirt. She can wear that T-shirt in in public and not have to like have people kind of like stop and like do a double take. Like, right. yeah, Ugh. yeah, I'm I'm gonna be in a real dark place if anything were to ever come out about Jim Tomey. Yeah, me too. Like, if I, Breaking if, news. If I ever, no, joking, joking. Yeah, if I ever hear anything about him like that, I'll 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 you'll have to do a wellness check on me yeah, at some point. Rightfully yeah. so. So okay, just to make sure that we get off off the rails a little bit there. Okay, so so I'll give you my top two. So Reynolds and Winkler, Jesse Winkler, are probably my top two. You get a good element of control with them for a couple years. Hopefully, maybe extend them like right when the deal is finalized. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, you you set yourself up pretty well, and you have a a good like a pretty solid one through five, and maybe some of your young guys, you know, step up. And then next year, maybe next year is the free agent signing. When you're, sure. you know, you take that next step forward. So that's my resolution for 2020. Steve, do you have any top top three targets quickly? <sighs> Trade targets? Um, yeah. I mean, Ren- Brian Reynolds is the one that I'm. I, I think we're. I think that's our. We've we've been on yeah. that train we've forever, beating forever, that forever. Um, and this does, this is a good segue into our mock trade bonanza that we're going to do well, this you, off season. You have to give us your resolution. I, I do have. Too. I do have to give the resolution. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Uh, you guys got me onto the Winker train. I, I did like that. Um, okay. if if it could be pulled off, I've come around on a Cedric Mullins deal. I think that one would be really sure. interesting. Um. Trey Mancini would be another one. The Orioles yeah. are ripe for probably pilfering um, because they'll take any and all prospects. Those are probably the ones off the top of my head. Um, my, my only, I, and I think you guys covered them. Yeah, at least for me too. But my concern with Mullins is it's one year he's proven it. Yes, yes. And then with Mancini, he's a little bit older than what I would deem to be um, ideal for the longevity of growing with this team. Cause I think yeah. he's about to turn 30. Yeah. But I would also, but I mean, love, I could take it would be great to have four years like, of him. 
an older presence on the team. He'd be a great presence. Yeah, he'd he'd be a really great veteran because the Guardians are going to be going pretty young still. Yeah. Like, no matter what they do in the next couple of years, they're going to be a young, young yeah. team. Yeah, we're going to be young for probably the next three years. Easy. Yeah. So I actually wouldn't be that opposed to it if if you could have him at the right price, which he actually probably would be a cheaper get than try and trade for Mullins because yeah. of how much younger yeah. he is. So, yeah. Um, and I hate to say it, too, yeah. but, you know, with his cancer scare, that's got to kind of play in the back of the the minds of uh, the front office in Baltimore. Probably. Like, you know, well, what and, if? Yeah, what if and, this pops you know, up again? And they're not going to be going anywhere for the next three to five years. So they're like, no. we literally cannot have, there's no reason to have Trey Mancini on this team. Yeah. So it actually kind of works out better that he's older in that scenario. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're right. 100%. You know. Um, okay. Uh, okay, yeah, before we do our first uh, mock trade, my resolution <laughs> is not so much on field, but that I desperately, desperately hope, referencing back to the beginning of this conversation, that the Guardians use the goddamn Flying G as their primary logo, which seems <laughs> to be the case because that's all I've ever seen. Like, I actually have been very surprised that clearly that's the primary logo because it is it is nowhere is there the crooked or the bent c or whatever you want to call it um diamond 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 c, c is what the... it is yes so that's used nowhere which makes me very the, nervous that it's going to be on the hats but the i want c, i think i is want an on-field hat. logo you did see it as an alternate I, i'm pretty certain i'm sure it is that i that when they released everything they released Three logos. One was the wordmark logo, which is that script guardians. The um, split fastball, as they were calling it, G. Mm -hmm. We've all dubbed the flying G. That's the primary. Mm -hmm. And then the diamond C is the letter... um, slash like secondary logo yes and by um, all indications and mock well, mock that's what scares that me seems to be the cap logo. what scares me is that the cap likely the on-field caps are likely going to be the diamond c and i'm just i'm hoping hoping my resolution is that we get an on-field hat that has the flying g that's all i want now as we stated before. No, I don't want a spring training hat. I don't want their clubhouse shit. I want. What if it's okay. What if the, I want them to the play a game practice in that hat? Cause that doesn't mean anything. Anything. No, I don't like, like the batting practice. Hats. I, I really don't care for batting sets. practice hats. Yeah. I, I don't, I no, I don't care. I want the only thing you I care it. about as a fan is I want the on field hat. I don't okay, want what if, anything else. Okay. Then I want to take it a step further. Cause we haven't had this in a while. We had at one point in time like four hats. That's true. We had the Sunday hat, the road hat, the alternate, the home. Yeah. yeah. So there was the two chief wahoos, the all blue, and then the one the blue with the red brim. And then the and then the all red. Then we C. had the all red block C, and then we had the all navy blue block C as well. Yep. And now we have the what? 
all navy blue block C, or la- at least last year, all navy blue block C, and then the red brimmed block C. Yes, I thought they got rid of the all red one. They did. They yeah, did. I yeah, think that was two seasons ago. Yeah, when they got rid of the. Would cream. you take a Sunday or alternate? I would. Yes, I just want them to play a game. I want there to be a regular game. Okay. Played with it, and and honestly. I actually think the the um the flying G all blue would look baller with that gray road. I think that would look tight. That would look I think that would look so goddamn good. And you're talking to me, and I don't even like that that flying G logo. Full you bust that out on the road, mm. but you bust that out once. That's a look. Teams are gonna force it, it every third game. <laughs> scared scared shitless i think that's a good look like that's even without covid (laughs) that's right yeah that's how crazy it's gonna be i think that's just a cool look i don't know if i love it as much as a home like i think a home jersey with like the the diamond c with the red brim would be sweet with the white that's what i um that's what i'm very clean i I like that look a lot i love that look last year um Mm -hmm. i think that would be pretty sweet but as a road hat Yes, I think it looks very cool, especially when like the blue and the gray road would fit a lot better, like an all blue with the flying G on the hat. That would be really cool to me. So I would take that. I just don't want I would also take a spring training hat if it's not one of those ridiculous ones where they do like weird piping and stuff. That stuff always drives me nuts when they're just like, let's just put piping on the side. They've moved away from that. I mean. It's more of an actual on-field hat now. So yeah. I'm, I would be, because I would also take it like the spring training logo this year is sweet. It's just, I hope they. They've been on point it. the last couple of years. Yes, they're really, really nice. So like I would take a hat with that spring training logo and the flying G on it as a spring training cap. I would do that. As long as it's not like all red, I don't want, and you're wearing currently an all red hat, but I don't no, think no. that the. Black oh, you got the brim. black rim. I don't think that yeah, yeah. the flying more G in the scorpions. Okay. Well, I don't want to insult you, but I'm, I'm re- I want to explain myself. I don't think re- the flying G would look good on all red. Cause you got the red G letter. Yeah. So no, it would, it would, it would, would uh, fade into it. It wouldn't pop. It wouldn't yeah. pop as much. So I, I don't think it would look good on an all red hat. I don't want that. And I'm nervous that they would do that because they want to like have color. So I don't think that would look good. I want it on an all blue either blue and red brim or all blue. I don't think a red crown would look right for the flying G. So I don't know. I've I, clearly, I've thought about this a lot. So I'm like, I'm, you know, you've given it a lot of thought. I really have. This I is what I'm, that. I mean, dude, this is what I'm saying is like, this is what we are just relegated to now. This is all we this get. Is mock, mock <laughs> we, we have nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, our here's lives are meaningless uh, folks. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, we actually probably would talk about that regardless, but like, (laughs) oh, most certainly that would not change the way we talk about like the hats and stuff that we like. So (laughs) that's no different. But uh, we did reference some trade stuff. So um, last segment here, uh, because we have nothing else, because we were relegated to this, let's do some mock trades. Let's do a mock trade bonanza. Um, Chris we left Chris alone for too long and he started doing a bunch of mock trades and then he pitched them to us 
so we're going to talk about him. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was, um, and I, I, I've referenced this before. Um, I get very uh, uh, Charlie Day, Pepe Sylvia in my basement sometimes. Um, for those yes. of you that get the reference, awesome. For those that don't, well, stop listening, I guess. I don't know. No, don't do that. Um, please tell all your friends to listen, actually. Please um, rate and subscribe. Yeah, just follow us on every social account there is, too. Um, it all helps. But we've decided, because, as Steve said, there is nothing else going on. Let's have some fun. And uh, the the kind folks over at uh, Baseball Trade Values have this awesome little tool, much like ESPN uh, Trade Machine, that kind of just evaluates the fairness of a trade. So we're going to have fun with that over the next however many weeks that this CBA lockout exists. Let's do it. And, um, well, I, we definitely covered one. Uh, with Reynolds, we've put that out there numerous times. But the second one, and the first official one for this segment, is a trade for Ian Happ. I love it. Um, and let me give you just a little bit of rationale behind the trade. Uh, supposedly, there are rumblings out of Chicago that Happ is available just because he's kind of been this enigma where he's ebbs and flows and then his season is slightly above average and they're kind of going through a rebuild and he's Mm -hmm. kind of at that weird age where it's like well he could probably bring us something back yeah um and in this trade um oh and also it should be i should mention before i tell you the trade let me give you some numbers on Hap. He's twenty. I was surprised. Turn- I, I will tell you, I was surprised at how consistent he actually is and how decent a player he he is. He is yeah, he is and he's he's. I saw a great article, and I I it might have been NBC Chicago, uh, and I, the writer's name escapes me, but they were like, he is a nice player. He is not mm-hmm. a superstar. Uh, he might get you to like, he might get to like an all-star game, but he's a really solid player, slightly above league average, you know, for his career. Um, and, uh, he's turns 28 in August. You have two years of control with him. Uh, MLB trade rumors has his year two arbitration projection at six and a half million dollars which seems really reasonable for the guardians to pick up um i was even thinking you could probably give him maybe you flip it around and go hey we'll give you a three-year 18 million dollar deal um once you trade for him get that first year free agency and he's a free agent after what his age 30 season yeah he's 240 yeah, yeah 240 career batting average um on base of 338 slugging 467 
a uh, 112 WRC plus. So, like I said, a little above league average. Yeah, he's got a career um, now, 111 OPS plus too. He's never had. Yeah. He's actually never had an OPS plus below league average, below 102. So, really? I mean, yeah, uh, he had. Last year, he was 102, but in 2020, 131, 2019, a 128 OPS plus, and then 102, 113. So, like, he really, and he had never had more than, like, he had never had 400 at-bats in a season until last year. Okay. So, he really is an interesting sort of enigmatic player in that, again, like you said, he's not a superstar by any means, but, like, it's a bat that you put into your lineup and he's got positional versatility yep. that really like, man, does that pay off? Like he, he was, really would be a fantastic uh, addition to the lineup, especially yeah. because he's also had double digit home runs every year. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, give you 16, uh, 20, sure. 22, maybe Dude, he's, a, he's actually he's, a 30 homer threat defense. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, yeah, let's he, face he would it, be great. Playing defense in our in our corners is like pretty easy. Like Wrigley has some weird anomalies, mm-hmm. so like if he's good defensively there, and he doesn't have to like collide into a bunch of fucking ivy every every a, br- every a brick wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to mention Miles Strong center field. Uh, right, helps out. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, all right. Um, let's. What's the uh, what's the trade you're throwing out there? So, with that position, positional versatility, with what the Cubs kind of need, um, the main the main piece of the trade would be Ahmed Rosario. They need middle infield help. That makes me sad. Um, and we have middle infield depth. Couldn't you? Okay. Keep going. So then just to kind of sweeten the deal, toss in uh, Zimmer and Ernie Clement. Neither one's going to really move the needle. Clement is kind of tossed in for giving the Cubs some more positional versatility slash utility guy. Zimmer is literally just a throw-in, hey, if you need an outfielder to bide you time, here's a dude. Um, Do the Cubs do that deal? So That is a whole other question. Based on the trade evaluation... It's actually the Indian or the I'm sorry, the Guardians are actually giving up more value. Yeah. Than getting in return. I, I mean, I like Rosario more than half. Like, I, I wouldn't give up Rosario for him. My so issue the thinking, though, though, too, Fabs, at least my thinking is we have Arias, we have Jimenez that are knocking on the doorstep. We also have Rokio, Freeman, who are maybe another year away. So I think ultimately 
Rokio and Freeman are the answers at short and second, respectively. But let's see what Jimenez or Arias can do at the big league level. Maybe one of them is just like, nope, shortstop is mine. I've locked it down. I'm here for the next eight years. And that's why I'm I'm able and willing to trade Rosario. My only issue with that, though, is that you're essentially trading like, you know, Rosario for Hap is really what the deal is. And you're trading like what I would want to do is I'd want to find a way to have both of their bats in the lineup because it's the old adage of like taking the proven talent over, you know, it's like, yeah, Jimenez is there. Arias is there. um, You know, Tyler Freeman is as close to a can't miss maybe prospect as they have. Um, But without any of them being any proven commodities, it would be hard to do like a one-to-one, you know, offensively, you might, might be upgrading a little bit with Hap. I mean, the defensively, the defensive metrics clearly, and he can play more positions better. Um, But man, I would almost like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, it's like basically Ian Happ's been a part-time player his whole career. So like you don't have to give up much. And it's like you could probably get away with like some prospect instead of like you you want Andre Semenis? Here you go. Like, I, I don't know. I'd, I would trade him maybe because like you've got so many middle infield prospects at this point. It's like. Clearly not all of them are going to pan out. Let me also say this, too. There was a caveat that when initially building this trade specifically, the reason that some of those other prospects weren't included is because this would be a part of a two-trade scenario. And the other portion of the trade, we'd be going after... Reynolds giving up Arias, Jones, Karinchek, and Plesic. Okay. So the initial thought in building this trade is this is part okay. two. It's freeing up to spots. that initial. I know what you're saying. And, you know, we would then bring in Reynolds and Hap in the outfield to, to pair with. Um, straw, and then now you would have questions of shortstop and second base, which we have questions at second base, but you're creating a, a question now at shortstop. To me, since we are debating this and we are having a difficulty, like, oh boy, man, trading Rosario kind of sucks and stings. If the alternative is that you get Reynolds out of it. It's it's a pretty yeah. fair trade. Yeah, I mean, but if you were to... What if okay, you if don't you, have to give up Re- uh, Rosario? If you don't have all three, to. Have all three. That's, that gives you like well, a one through maybe seven. Maybe you give up... But maybe then you give up Jimenez. Yeah. That's but fine. Then you're banking on... Then you're really that. banking on someone like um, Rokio panning out. 
You are, but well, also you I can, mean, like, art- if you have to, you can just get bargain bin, veteran shortstop. If you're if you're good at every other position, because you have sure. Jose Ramirez a third base assist. Sure, I you mean for at this point, shortstop. It's it's arguable that Andres Jimenez might not pan out based on the sample size that you've been. I know he hasn't had a ton of at bats, sure. but like they're so jammed up with middle infield prospects that like they're gonna have to move on quick from some of these guys. Like we haven't, we haven't even spoken that much about like Owen Miller yet yeah. this off season. It's like that dude is still floating around and who knows what He's he could 24 be 24 years old. You know, I don't know. It, it, it's a painful proposition, but like Rokio and Freeman look like elite prospects as opposed yes. to maybe, you know, with like Andre Semenes. So Semenes and areas who are, you know, Good to really good, and like yeah, they're fantastic defensively. But like, uh, what are their bats going to be? Could yeah. their bats be better than Ahmed Rosario? Mm, possibly, maybe. You know, I, that's it. It's like that's they showed more not, pop in it, minor leagues this year. Yeah, I mean, it's no guarantee. You know, but and, their and anytime. Lower. I mean, Jimenez has been kind of you. I mean. Granted, not a ton of at bats, but he had a pretty nightmarish first year with Cleveland. Like it was not good. Yeah. So, um, you know, he'll get another crack probably, and he'll go to spring training with a chance. But like Rosario is going to be your starting shortstop, so like the chances aren't there for a lot of guys in the infield. So, I don't know. Um. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, if you could swing it where you got Ian Happ and Brian Reynolds without having to give up a current starter in the offense, Hoochie Mama, sign me up. I mean, that's why you do have such a glut. I mean, maybe you throw some, maybe throw a pitcher in there somewhere to the Cubs where you're like, hey, you guys have no pitching. Would you like one? Would you like a a starter Um, instead of a a position player? Like, because we took like what, 18 in the draft? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) do you want two of them? You know, we'll give you two and you can help build up because that's really where like, I mean, I know they're hurting there big time. Mm-hmm. So other than like Alzale, they got nothing. So, I mean, I know uh, what's his face is out there, too, but like he's like 30 something. So I can't, I'm forgetting who it is. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, I mean, Ian Happ is a very compelling trade target, even if even not factoring in Brian Reynolds. I would want yeah. him. Anyway, I think he'd be a really interesting option. I'd love to get him without having to give up somebody of note. Bradley Zimmer, yes, you can go. And Ernie Clement, like, I like him. But, like, again, it's like, what's Ernie Clement going to be? Eh, yeah. Utility yeah. guy? Like, fourth, you know, a, a, a fifth infielder? I don't know. And those guys, both best, of those guys seem to be better national league players at least with the national league currently constructed now if the does you know the universal well, DH DH come. comes in comes into play this year then we are completely screwed on that you know like that yeah. kind of versatility that bench versatility is really not as important in the national league that's true yeah that's true but i don't know i like it i like ian happ is a option out there 
it, it would make a ton of sense. And I think you could yeah. do it. I think you could do it without having to give up anything that like would like really be detrimental. Cause really Ian Happ's like, yeah, he's still a part-time player. I mean, to this point. So it's like, yeah, and- it's like, what can you really ask for with that? Here's a pitching, and, here's a pitching prospect. And and the other thing we'd have to think about too is so let, let's let's work with this hypothetical train. Zimmer goes. You're basically left with Mercado on your 40 man as a fourth outfielder. Daniel Johnson in Columbus could still get called up and take that spot. But then at some point, probably a month or two into the season, Naylor's going to hopefully be healthy. So to your point, Steve, of Hap still being kind of a part-time player, imagine a, a somewhat of a platoon situation um, of Hap and Naylor. That would be interesting. He because is Naylor, he's a switch hitter. Me, Naylor is Naylor screams kind of that Ian Hap mold to me too. Yeah. You know, he's our super versatile positionless yeah. guy who can hit, you know, slightly above league average with a lot of the same qualities. Yeah. I dig it. And I and I, I really dig what the Dodgers have done. I mean, Fabs, you live and breathe it every day out there in LA, but they got what? Five dudes mm-hmm. who are really positionless. Yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah it works it, for it. It helps one of them's Mookie Betts, but uh <laughs> kind of holding things down but yeah i mean it's a world where you have a platoon of guys who can all like have 20 to 25 home run power and hit 250 as opposed to like the platoons we've seen in the past where it's like none of these guys can hit over 200 and it's just like a struggle to get through the season with them so I, i i would be for something like that um yeah finding yeah finding all the max muncies and chris taylors of the world I would like that very much. Yeah, that'd that would be, be fun. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I would enjoy I that. I think with Hap and Naylor, you got, I mean, we're on our yeah. way, potentially. I think that I, I it becomes clear. Yes. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, those are two guys that I would absolutely want in my lineup. I, I think that they would, you know, they're solid enough dudes where, like, they could hit kind of anywhere in the order, you know, or at least provide, like, depth where... You know, if you had Naylor, if you had Naylor and Ian Happ in like sixth and seventh, seventh and eighth, say, like, let's play yeah. pretend here and say we do land Reynolds, you know, and we figure out shortstop and, and that two, three hole kind of, you know, hole potentially if, if Rosario is traded or if he stays even easier to figure out, obviously. Yeah. Stick and happen Naylor down. Six, seven, seven, eight. Yeah. That's not half bad. That's not half bad at all. I mean, then then you follow it up with uh, 
nice robust 210 from Austin Hedges, but over 200, I'll take it. I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. I would take 210 from Austin Hedges. <laughs> Austin really Hedges would. 210, 13 I really really would. Oh man. I, you know, we can dream. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. I, I would totally bag. take that. Dream big. Um, all right, cool. Uh, all right, well, that's our first trade bonanza. Um, we will be posting that to social and uh, probably talking more about that um, <clears throat> down the road as we get more into these as the lockout just rages on. So, um, all right, that will wrap this episode up. Uh, be sure to. Catch us on social at Calpino Pod and Reve- uh, Revenge. <laughs> That's our other podcast. Um, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe uh, to not only this podcast, but the one I just randomly accidentally mentioned, Revenge of the 90s. Why not? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good, too. Uh, and uh, catch you guys later. Yeah.